Nazir Perakei, Mishnah Gimel, 5.3, and now the Mishnah will circle back. In the first two Mishnahs of the Perak, we had discussed this Machlokas between Beishil and Beishami regarding um, someone who's Maktish Pataos, who declares something, consecrates something um, erroneously, by mistake. Um, I mean, the Machlokas Beishil said, then it's not consecrated, and Beishami say it is. And we'll now bring that topic back to our larger discussion of, of Naziris. So the case here in a Mishnah is Misha Nadar, a person who takes a Nadir, ben Nazir, to become a Nazir, and the expression he uses, he thinks, is not uh, sufficient to bind him. So as we learned earlier in the Masechta, one um, doesn't need to say precisely what he means. Um, our topic here regarding um, the Maktish Patos has to do with meaning what one says, but here in terms of saying what you mean, we've learned that there are these things, there are kinuyim, there are yadus, there are ways in which one could um, not exactly explicitly say he is a nazir and yet be a nazir, um, but not doesn't always work. So this person used an expression which he thought um, was insufficient to bind him, and therefore he thought he was not a nazir. So he went upon on his merry way, um, drinking wine, um, and uh, let's even say, let's say he took on to be a nazir for 30 days, a standing naziris, and let's say he drank wine, you know, once a week for, you know, four times during that, that period. And then it's over. And then, you know, he he's, I don't know, Rosh Hashanah's coming. He thinks, oh my goodness, I should really just confirm that I, in fact, was not a Nazir. So he goes now to ask a Chacham to confirm um, whether his original statement to become a Nazir was binding or otherwise. Um, so it says, Venisha Lachacham, he goes and asks the Chacham, the Rabbi, to confirm that indeed he was not a Nazir. Now usually, when we have this expression of Nisha Lachacham, um, throughout the Masechta, like Nadarim, it means She'elas Chacham means to try to effect a Hataris Nadarim, a retroactive annulment of the commitment, in this case, to be a Nazir. Um, however, in our Mishnah here, it means the more simple reading of, you know, of the Hebrew language as opposed to the term of art. But Nishal, he went and he asked. So, um, the question was asked of the Chacham, of the Rabbi, if the original expression to become a Nazir was indeed not binding. But the Asro, the Rabbi says, no, it was binding. Here, Asro again doesn't mean to forbid him per se, but rather it means um, he bound him, like Matir Asurim, to untie the bound, Beta Asurim and so on. So he says, no, you were, you were indeed bound by your original expression, therefore you should have observed um, those 30 days of Naziris, which you did not. Now, Me'ikar Hadin, as far as the Torah is concerned, if a person would um, become Tame or cut his hair, that would effectively reset his clock, and he'd have to repeat his Naziris. Okay? There are details, but not for right now. In contrast, the third of the three areas in which he's restricted as a Nazir is drinking, you know, consuming great products, including drinking wine. And there really, according to the Torah, if a person drank wine during his Naziris, so he did a terrible thing, he violated one of the Surim of the Torah, or more than one, in fact. Um, but uh, that's not, that doesn't reset his clock, okay? He would complete his Naziris without having to start again or anything like that. That said, there is a Dindurabanan, that we make a kanas, a penalty. We penalize him for being a bad guy um, and violating the commitment he made to be a Nazir by drinking wine. Now, when we make a kanas, when the rabbis penalize somebody, that penalty is um, 
to, you know, chastise him for wantonly ignoring what he should have done and, and being a bad guy. So it has to be he did something amazing intentionally. If a person in general does something wrong, but it's Beshogeg, he didn't mean to do something wrong. So in a normal circumstances, we would not be conus and we wouldn't we wouldn't penalize him really. So here our our mission is saying that nevertheless he did something wrong. The question is will he be penalized and have to repeat his Nazirus? So the Mishnah says, Mone Mishashanadar. Mishnah says he counts from the time he made the nether. Now, the way the Bartanur learns is the straightforward reading would be that no, the clock doesn't reset. Let's say he, you know, he drank wine halfway through his Naziris. So what? Doesn't reset the clock. He finishes another 15 days and he's done. Okay? That's the Bartanur learns. So, in other words, there is no kanas whatsoever, no penalty because he acted. Um, without intending to violate the halachas. The Ramam Paskins, and this would be the halacha ostensibly, so therefore I'm saying now not like the Bartonur learns, um, and the basis for how the Ramam gets there is not from our mission, but rather from the Gemara, which is actually pretty um, pretty involved, um, that although we don't reset the clock entirely, he has to make up for the days he lost. So if, for argument's sake, he, let's say, 30 days have long passed since he's in Aziris, but he knows he drank wine four times, the Ramam would hold, um, based on the Gemara, not our Mishnah, and this will be the Din, he'd have to have four more days of Nazirus tacked on. Um, and that would be true, of course, if it would be 10 days or 20 days, um, or even 30 days. The Raman Pasuk, however, again, based on that Gemara over there, that 30 days would be the max. So hypothetically, if he was a Nazir for a longer period than 30 days, and he drank wine more than 30, on more than 30 days, he still would only have to do a single 30-day Naziris, um, to make up for the days that he drank wine, even though they were more than 30. Okay, that's the first case. Now, the second case I mentioned is the other way around. He said an expression, which was an ambiguous expression. He thought he was bound to be a Nazir, but as we'll see in a moment, it turns out when they asked the rabbi, the rabbi says, no, you weren't bound after all. Okay, so what did he do? This person used this expression to become a Nazir. He thought he was a Nazir, and he set aside an animal, let's say, one animal, to be um, to be used as one of his carbonus when he completes his Nazirus. So he consecrates that one animal to be whatever it is. It doesn't make a difference. Now, what happens if, after this, he goes to the Chacham, the rabbi, and says, you know, I said this expression to become a Nazir, I just want to confirm that indeed I am a Nazir. And the rabbi says, no, you're not. So then the question is, what happens with the animal that he previously consecrated, to be brought at the conclusion of his Naziris. So the Mishnah says inside, Nisha Lachacham, they go and ask the rabbi, the Chacham, the Mumcha, the expert, um, whether or not he actually is a Nazir. The Hitiro, and the, and the rabbi, the Chacham, says, no, you're, you're not. You're actually not a, a Nazir. You never were a Nazir. This is not um, Hataras Nadarim. Often is the case, typically is the case, Hatara means like a retroactive annulment. It doesn't mean that here. Hatara here means that um, the expression that you used to become a Nazar was not effective ever. And therefore you never were a Nazar. No need to do anything retroactively. So that being the case, the question is, He had this animal which he had set aside and consecrated to be brought as a carbon at the conclusion of a Nazira. So now do we have to treat it with sanctity or not? So the mission says, no, you don't. Teitse vetira be'eder. The animal can go out and graze with the flocks, meaning it's it's got no kadusha whatsoever. It just goes back with every other animal, and no problem at all. Just a regular sheep. 
Now, why would that be the case? Because it was, it was he was never a Nazir. So by declaring this his Nazir's whatever Asham, it's meaningless. Um, it's just meaningless as if I would say, you know, today's not Shabbos, but I said, oh gosh, you know, I turned the lights on this morning and uh, I better set aside an animal to bring as a Corbin for breaking Shabbos. So even if I do that and designate, designate an animal as a Corbin for, as a Chathos for breaking Shabbos, since today wasn't Shabbos and I didn't have any obligation to bring a Chathos, my declaring this animal to be a Chathos is meaningless. And that even Beis Sham would agree to. That's not called being Maktish Patos. That's just nonsense. That's not, there's no, it's not that you had the ability to declare something hectic. You didn't in this context. So it's an, it's not, even Besham would agree in my example of declaring my animal this morning to be a chatas. It wouldn't be a chatas. It wouldn't be a vested. Because that's not, not an issue of hektish patos. That's for some extraneous reason. Today wasn't Shabbos. And therefore, I'm not obligated as a chat, in a chatas in the first place. You can't make a chatas if you're not obligated to bring a chatas. And similarly, you can't make something to be, let's say, your asham for naziris if you're not a nazir. So that being the case, Beis Hillel now want to bring to Beis Shammai what they think is a proof that Hektish Bataos is not Hektish. Um, and of course, Beis Hillel agrees that there's a limited case when it comes to Tamura, as we saw in the previous Mishnahs. But here we have a different case, one that has to do um, with Nazirus and setting aside an animal to be a Nazir's Korban with Bataos in an erroneous mindset. And it's going to seem that Beis Shammai would agree that that doesn't work, that the animal's not invested with the Kedusha. So that would be a proof to Beis Hillel, hopefully, that um, even your Makdish Batos, even if you consecrate erroneously, it's not binding. So that's what Beis Hill attempts to bring to bear here. Ambu, Beis Hill, Beis Shammai, Beis Hill, say to Beis Shammai, Now, if you agree with this, that the animal is not consecrated with Kedusha by the Nazir who said erroneously, this should be his Nazir's offering, Shu Hektish Patos, and yet it is a Hektish Tos, it's an erroneous attempted consecration, and you, you agree that the animal is not consecrated in any way and can just go back and be with the rest of the flock, so then dot, 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 ellipsis. There's a big break here, there's no further discussion, based till you can figure out for yourself what they're trying to say. They're trying to say that just as Hektish, hektish Tos, an erroneous consecration in the context of the Nazir, should apply across the board. Now, they don't finish their full thought, and in fact, uh, more than that, Beis Shammai don't respond explicitly to their 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 thought in the first place. The reason why is because, according to Beis Shammai, the whole issue is so obvious, it's so pashut, it's so straightforward, that of course such a scenario, like I used the example of the the chattas for breaking Shabbos, if you're not obligated to bring a chattas, you can't make something into a chattas. And if you're, not obligated to, if you're not obligated to bring the offerings of a Nazir because you're not a Nazir, you can't make something into the offering of a Nazir. So that's not an issue of hektish taos. And therefore, Beisham, I say that's essentially, that in their mind, that's so poor a proof that they don't even bother responding to it. Um, but they do take up the gauntlet and they say, you know, the best defense is a good offense. Now, base Shammai go on the offensive, and they say, "Wait a second, base Hill, we'll bring you a proof outside of the world of Tamura that if you're Maktish Pataos, still it is hektish, and you agree to that. So, therefore, why don't you agree to us that across the board it should apply that a, that hektish Taos is hektish? So, Amr Lahen Beis Shammai, here's their proof. Beis Shammai say to base Hill. Um, now, the proof they're going to bring is a proof from the halachas of Meiser Behema. Meiser Behema, um, the Pasuk says, 
v'chol ma'aser bakor v'tzon, and all of your tenth um, cow or goat or sheep from the flock, kol asher yavar tachas ha'shevet, each one that passes beneath the stick, ha'asiri, the tenth one, yia kodesh l'ashem, that one will be consecrated holy to Hashem, brought as a carbon called Meiser, a Meiser Behemoth. So the mitzvah Meiser Behemoth applies to all of one's behemoths as cows, goats, and sheep. And the way you do it is you take all the newborn sheep or goats or cows um, that are born in this, I'll call it fiscal year. There's a cutoff, doesn't matter right now. And you took this year's flock, you put them, this year's newborn flock or calves, whatever the story, into the corral, the deer, and then you let them out one at a time. And then when the tenth calf comes out, you take the stick, you daub it with red paint, and you mark it, this is the tenth cow, and you actually declare it to be um, the tenth cow, cow. you'd say Hareza Maser, you declare it to be Maser as the tenth cow, marking with red, and that becomes a Maser Behema. That's how it works. Now, that Pasuk, V'chol Maser Bakar, has the word V'chol. V'chol always comes to add something, and therefore, what it's going to add is, I'm saying this outside first, because the Mishnah, you'll see why in a minute, um, Comes to tell you that if a person makes a mistake in his counting and he um, erroneously counts the ninth or the eleventh cow, calf that comes out of the corral as being the miser, so that's binding. By calling it tenth, it becomes a miser. And Basil agreed to that as well. Um, it's based on this puzzle here, this word behold. So Basham is going to say, listen, here's another case of erroneous consecration. The animal wasn't the tenth, and yet you called the tenth, and it becomes treated as miser. So you see that hektish taos is hektish. That's where we're going with this proof. Okay? The problem is going to be um, that Beis Hillel agree to that, that the ninth or the 11th, which declares a 10th, is indeed treated as a Meiser Behema. But it's just ninth or 10th, excuse me, ninth or 11th. You can't just go to every or any sheep, take a stick, mark it red, and say, this is a Meiser Behema. It doesn't work like that. You can't. Um, in fact, you couldn't even do the 8th or the 12th animal as being Meister Behema, and then it being Meister Behema, even if you made a mistake. It's only the 9th and the 11th, but not from the Pazik Vachol, and therefore it's very limited. So Beis Hill's position is going to be, just as there is some limited application, like in the case of Tamura, where if you're Makdish Bataos, it is indeed um, Hekdish. So too, if you count wrong with the 9th or the 11th, yeah, okay, that's Meister, and it's consecrated if you call it if you call it a Meister Behema, but it's a very limited application, and has no applicability beyond um, even to the 8th or the 12th animal let alone to elsewhere in, in uh, the Torah regarding Hektish Tos. So, again, the Mishnah says inside now, this is Beis Shammah trying to prove to Beis Hill that you should agree with us that Hektish Tos is Hektish, because he says, Amalhen Beis Shammah don't you agree? Asiri. If someone calls the ninth animal out of the gate, the tenth one, okay, and this actually is a, is a Mishnah in Bechoros, and then he realizes his mistake. He's like, oh, shoot, that wasn't the 10th, that was the 9th. So now he kind of recounts it. He, he makes even more of a garbled mess. He calls the next one out, the ninth one. Like he, he recounts 9, then 10, 11. The same way, you know, I guess if the old riddle, if a, you know, you're running in a race and the guy in front of you is in the second place and you pass him. So what place are you in? Not in first place, you're in second place now. So it's a little, when you do this kind of ordinal counting, it can be a little confusing. So here the guy said, oh, shoot, I didn't count that correctly. So he recounts now the tenth one out as the ninth. And then, and then the eleventh one that comes out, he calls it the tenth also, like really make a big mess. So, the din is, 
say Beishamai, don't you agree, Beishil, and yes, Beishil do agree, that the 11th one also, since he called it 10th, is consecrated as the 10th. Amrlehem Beishil, so Beishil say, yes, we do agree with that, um, but just that. Lo HaShavet Kidsho, because it's not magic, you can't just like take a, this shavet, the stick of the shepherd, and, and start, you know, consecrating sheep willy-nilly. It doesn't work like that. It's just a limit from a pasuk. And a very limited case, it's the ninth and eleventh. Even if you would make a mistake and take the stick and mark the eighth one or the twelfth one as the miser, the tenth one, and call it miser, so Shema Asaklum, you think that does anything? No, it doesn't. It's just based on the Pasuk, the, the verse um, which which allows for some extra extra, it's only the 10th, um, and the puzzle comes out from the word of Bechol, that, that the 9th or the 11th can also be accidentally consecrated by calling it the 10th, but it's very limited. And therefore, Beis Hillel reject the proof from Meister Behema, and that's how the mission ends up, that we're back where we started from, that Beis Hillel say there's Hektish Talos is not Hektish, and the example that we had before of Tamura is a limited case, and here the example also we have a Meiser, Meiser Behema is a very limited case, um, which has no applicability beyond that. And Beis Shammai say, no, we learn out from Tamura, that's enough to call it our cool, that Hektish Taos is Hektish, um, and that Machlokas persists. The Allah, of course, is like Beis Hillel, that Hektish Taos is not Hektish, uh, of Tamura and miscounting the 9th or 11th uh, animals out of the and the Meister Behem account, notwithstanding.